We are conceived in connection. We are bathed in the warmth and security of connection from the moment that our mothers hold us against their breasts. We don't even think about who we really are because we are not differentiated. It is in that moment that we are actually closer to who and what we really are. But like I said, we don't think about who and what we really are because the idea is not one that comes up in our psychology. But from this place of connection, we experience a fall from grace. The fall from grace is that deep, visceral sense of connection. We begin to be differentiated. We begin to see the world through the lens of me and everything else. And it's at this moment that we lose our sense of connection. Loneliness is something that all people on this planet experience to some degree or another. But there's two types of loneliness. The first is a type of loneliness that can be resolved by being just with other people. It's when we feel isolated and being around people just makes us feel a little bit better. And there's another type of loneliness. This type of loneliness is not solved by being around other people. In fact, it's the type of loneliness that persists regardless of whether or not we're in a crowded room. And it's the second type of loneliness that creates the most intense type of suffering in the human race. It's where we perceive ourselves to be completely isolated from the world around us. Because this form of loneliness is so pervasive, we could call it an epidemic on the planet today. I have written a book, a book to solve this problem. I've called this book The Anatomy of Loneliness. In this book I reveal quite literally the anatomy of loneliness, what specifically creates loneliness, and how to resolve those things so as to create lasting connection with other people. This book is available through my website, www.tealswan.com, and every other online book retailer, such as Barnes & Noble, Booktopia, and Amazon. If you want to learn about loneliness in depth and in great detail, as well as how to find your way back to connection, I highly suggest that you pick up a copy of this book. The Anatomy of Loneliness is composed of three distinct parts or pillars. The first is separation, the second is shame, and the third is fear. The story of separation happened far before your birth. It happened, in fact, before physical form. It is the idea of self versus others. Obviously, self-concept, I, is the ego. Separation is a state of fragmentation, where one perceives oneself to be separate from everything else around it. This fragmentation does not just take place externally relative to yourself and other things in the world, it also takes place internally. The fragmentation that takes place within each person, a fragmentation that creates internal disunity, causes us to separate from certain parts of ourselves. It causes those parts to feel ostracized, rejected, disowned, and isolated. But here's the thing, we can't actually eradicate parts of our being from us. It's not actually possible to separate from parts of ourselves. We can try to disown, reject, and deny them, but they're still connected to us. That means we feel what they feel. That means as we go through this process of internal fragmentation, we cut ourselves off from parts internal to us and external to us. We make those parts feel alone. We feel that aloneness. For more information about this, watch my video titled Fragmentation, the Worldwide Disease. The second part of loneliness is shame. Most people think that shame is just the emotional reaction to experiences that are debasing in nature. They make us feel bad about ourselves on a mental level, on a physical level, on an emotional level. But this is not a thorough understanding of shame. 
Shame is much more complex and much more fundamental to our nature. Shame is the mechanism of fragmentation. To understand shame, I want you to think about a sea anemone. If you imagined poking a sea anemone with your finger or a stick, what you would notice is it would immediately pinch itself closed. This is a reaction. It's a primal reaction. The sea anemone doesn't have to think hard in order to do this. What most people don't understand about shame is that it's an organic, biological, affective reaction. Shame is actually a primitive reaction encoded in your organism just like your fight-or-flight mechanism. And interestingly enough, so is love. When we experience shame, we push ourselves away from ourselves in response to something that has happened in our external environment or in response to a thought that we have adopted from our external environment. But we can't actually do this. Obviously, how do you push yourself away? The only way to accomplish this is to split your own consciousness. We become internally isolated from ourselves because consciousness can split. We then feel, as a result of it, the secondary layer of shame. That's the emotion of shame. What that emotion causes us to do is it causes us to withdraw from other people. We do to them the same thing we're doing on an internal level. We separate ourselves. We either do this through direct avoidance, meaning we become kind of a wallflower, or else we do the opposite. We become completely inauthentic. We allow them to only be in a relationship with the facade that we put forward, and either way, we are isolated. The third part of loneliness is fear. Now, to fear something is the exact opposite of to love something. To love something is to take something as part of yourself. To fear something is to push something away to make it not part of yourself. You can't push something away without simultaneously becoming separated from it. So if the more fear we have, the more separate we feel from everything around us. Fear is the number one most isolating experience on the planet. Fear about relationships or about other people simply serve to separate us from people and make us lonely when it comes to human contact. We have four primary fears when it comes to relationships. They are abandonment, rejection or disapproval, being trapped in pain in the relationship, and loss of self, also called enmeshment. What most people don't know is that it's impossible to fear the unknown. This means we fear what we have experienced before and been traumatized by, something that causes us to feel distress that we could not resolve. So what does this say about fear? If it's impossible to fear something unknown, and we experience fear that separates us in relationships, it means that getting beyond fear and into a state of connection is a lot about resolving past experiences, things we have experienced that we have no resolve with. Fear is about something that we are projecting into the unknown. It is critical to know that you cannot push through fear so as to get to connection. If you try to push through something, a bulldoze it or act in spite of it, you aren't taking it as part of yourself and so you're actually separated from it in that moment. So the ironic thing is, the way that most of us deal with fear actually enhances loneliness because it creates an increased separation between ourselves and our own fear. Now let's talk about connection for a minute. Connection can be thought of as a link with something else where you perceive a link or association between yourself and that other thing. But in a state of oneness, you can't be connected any more than you can be disconnected because you're everything else and everything else is you. In other words, in a state of oneness, there is no need for connection.
But obviously, most of us are not living in a state of oneness. Most of us can't perceive ourselves to be the same as the coffee table that we're drinking our coffee from. So basically, we are living in a land where we must develop connection as a very critical step to re-actualizing our state of oneness. When it comes to making a genuine connection with someone else, that link must be chosen consciously and deliberately by both people involved in that connection. Our connection can exist at any level of our being. We can be mentally linked, emotionally linked, energetically linked, or physically linked. When we disconnect, we break that link at one or all different levels of our being. Because genuine connection is a link to someone that has been consciously chosen, not forced upon us, we have to focus on choosing to create it as well as on keeping it. Our happiness in our individual lives depends on our capacity to be connected. Our survival as a human race depends on our capacity to be connected. And right now, loneliness is an epidemic. It's an epidemic with devastating implications. The pain of the human condition is that we walk this planet with several billion other people, and yet each of us experiences a sense of isolation and feels alone. That's a serious problem. I couldn't think of anything worse. It's like starving to death in a grocery store. Now it's bad enough if this issue, which is reaching epidemic proportions, only affects us, but it doesn't. It affects far more than that. The pain of disconnection, it bleeds out across the planet. The danger in disconnection is that when we disconnect from something, we no longer perceive it to be connected to, linked to, or part of ourselves. Therefore, when we cause it pain, we don't perceive directly ourself being caused pain as a result. Think about the implications of this. If I perceive myself to be other than or disconnected from something, I can cause it pain without feeling like that causes me pain at all. When we perceive ourselves to be disconnected, we no longer feel the ripple of oneness that is our fundamental truth. We no longer feel the impact that everything has on us and that we have on everything else, and as a result, we can cause something or someone else pain without perceiving that pain in us. The concept that there's something innately painful or even dangerous about disconnection is something that fails to reach us until we realize our history and what disconnection has shown us in the past. In other words, the concept of disconnection being dangerous seems theoretical and abstract until you realize that this is the reason that for years many countries were completely segregated. People with dark skin were taken from their families and kept as slaves, burnt, beaten, and hung. This is why in the 1940s, Auschwitz and other death camps were created to contain and exterminate Jews and other demographics opposed to the Nazi regime. Disconnection is what caused the U.S. to drop a nuclear bomb on Hiroshima in 1945. It's why, as of 1979, Pol Pot's regime had eliminated 21% of Cambodia's entire population. And today, disconnection is the reason a man can train for years, with the single task of strapping a bomb to his own body and exploding it himself along with it in an attack aimed to create terror and destruction to whomever he has decided is his enemy. Every crime that has ever been committed has come about because the person committing that crime has believed themselves to be separate from, disconnected from, and isolated in some way from the person that they committed those crimes against. The only way to save your species on the planet, the only way to save the planet itself at this point in time, and the only way to end human suffering is to create a sense of connection to end a sense of isolation and loneliness within the world, and it begins with you ending it inside yourself.